Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. In today's ever-changing risk environment, it's important for successful businesses to develop a comprehensive risk management program. 831B plans address tangible asset risk through traditional insurance carriers and intangible asset risks. To help us understand more about what an 831B plan is and how they can help healthcare providers mitigate risk, I'm joined by Clay Ogden of SRA, an 831B plan administrator. Clay, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, Clay, why don't we start out with the easiest question. What is an 831B plan? <laughs> so, an 831B is, it's actually a section of the tax code that's existed since uh, since the mid to late 80s. And basically allows a business owner to take excess profits, excess revenues, and set them aside for uncommon, unforeseen, uninsured types of risk that ultimately, you know, falls to them on their balance sheet right now to manage with after-tax money and cash flow. And so these programs are really designed to just bring some efficiencies to how they manage those those particular risks. Excellent. And so back in 2020, something called COVID came along. And uh, I'm wondering, how did 831B plans help businesses during COVID? You know, COVID was a honestly a prime example of why these programs exist why 831b plans even exist it it exposed a lot of the uninsured types of risks right lots of business owners lots of frustrations that i pay a lot for my traditional coverages but this isn't covered all these all these incidences are not covered and ultimately ended up you know ended up falling to the business owner to bear the brunt of and that's really where these programs fill in and and uh, really plug and play for those that have lots and lots of exposures to risks that you know they don't happen all the time but when they do they typically tend to hurt and that's really where the uncommon unforeseen uninsured events come into play through these types of programs is to help cover you in the event you have a supply chain interruption Right, supply chain policies are attainable through the open market, but what they often don't cover is loss of income, or specifically to <clears throat> to you know the medical specific industry is you know things like brand and reputation damages, or dispute resolution policies, someone bringing legal action on you, or the or the practice or the business. Um, I think data breach, cyber losses, are a growing concern for any and every business. Things specific to, you know, professional liability, maybe um, endorsements for medical malpractice. You have a professional liability or liability policy now, and it doesn't cover something. This is where you know this type of a program would absolutely cover an incident that wouldn't be covered by your traditional insurances. Um, we saw lots and lots of clients that went through, you know, maybe a employee liability interruption or, you know, an employee bringing legal action on the employer. I think that's only, you know, we've only seen the beginning maybe of some of the issues that could spawn from COVID specific. 
uh, with lockdowns and quarantines and, you know, not being able to perform specific procedures, uh, maybe a loss of a key employee due to an accident or an illness. Again, something that's not covered, but really that's where these programs really hone in. It's on those uninsured types of, of risk. Got it. And when you think about our audience, which is primarily comprised of healthcare providers from hospitals and health systems, all the way down to smaller private practices, which entities would you think would be good candidates for an 831B plan? All of the above, potentially. Um, we have we have a lot of medical professionals that use our program. You know, whether they have their own, you know, their own <clears throat> practice or their own clinics, or we have some clients that are involved in hospitals. Um, all of the above, honestly, could be a very good fit. It really would come down to: Is this? Do we have excess revenues? Do we have excess cash flow that we could set aside for these potential risks? And what is the ownership structure, right? Do we have a, a single member partner? Do we have two or three partners? Do we have 35 partners? It could get a little bit more dicey trying to figure out ownership structures with that many involved. Um, but the simple answer would be that all of your clients or anyone in those particular spaces could potentially be a client. We already have existing clients in those particular areas. And you mentioned um, different kinds of risks. What kind of risks do businesses have that an 831B could potentially help with specifically? Yeah, I think I think looking back to business interruption, business interruption is a huge one that a lot of medical professionals, uh, unfortunately, were were hit with pretty heavily through you know 2020. You know, not being able to perform specific procedures. Um, that they are used to performing. Maybe they were closed down for, you know, four weeks to three, four months. Um, that was something that we saw quite a bit of. And clients filing claims because the bulk of their revenue stream had now been put on pause because they were locked down um, or forced to quarantine or close their business or whatever have you. And so, you know, loss of income, loss of revenue is a huge one. I think I think the brand and reputation side for a medical professional is is massive. You know, sometimes that falls under the professional liability, um, but you know th- those policies and when something big tends to happen, um, sometimes it's not covered, and that's that's where being able to lean on your own 831B plan would be would be very effective. Uh, I again I think the data breach. Uh, policies for you know malicious coding um ransom ransomware phishing malware is only a growing concern especially in in today's environment um you know you start looking at things like the loss of a key employee or those professional liability policies or even you know the events that we talked to or talked about earlier were you know, there will, those are political risks. Government bodies deciding who's an essential and non-essential business, deciding whether or not you can stay, remain open to perform your, you know, your everyday procedures. Um, if someone's deciding that that's not something that you need to do or aren't necessarily needed at the moment, that's where those business interruptions start to come into play. And so a lot of our clients have filed claims over the last two or three years 
you know, a lot largely due to the pandemic and all of these these events that have come about. Makes sense. So we talked a few minutes ago about the different kinds of companies that could potentially benefit from an 831B plan, but there's a, a four-part test that you uh, have available. What are the elements of the four-part test and, and that an organization must pass uh, to be able to participate in an 831B plan? Yeah. The, so in our industry specifically, there there are, you know, just like everything else, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. And that's really what our job is at SRA is to make sure that we keep you in compliance. We keep the client in compliance and the four part test plays a massive role in that. Right. And that four part test, really what that comes down to is it, it falls on us as the 831B plan administrator to make sure that we are abiding by that. And that four part test is making sure that we have a proper transfer of risk, making sure that there is proper distribution of risk inside of the program. Again, things that we can kind of dive into with the client and specifics and what those things look like. The third would be, you know, making sure that the risks that we're looking at are fortuitous in nature. They are things that happen by chance. They are not a all day, every day business risk. Um, And then the last one would be making sure that we're following the principles of insurance, making sure that, we have proper investment of the funds that they put in, making sure that we're actually issuing policies. Uh, they have policy language that stipulates what is a covered claim and what's non-covered inside of that particular policy. Um, th- those those things are extremely important, especially when you start looking at you know utilizing the law of large numbers. How do I insure against these quote unquote self-insured risks that I'm self-insuring right now? I'm just using whatever's left in cash flow. And if I can utilize a program like this in, in an 831B plan and get these risk coverages to become more efficient inside of my business by setting dollars aside, um, you know, what are those steps that I need to do to make sure that I do this? It's efficient for me and it, it keeps me out of harm's way with, you know, by doing it the, the correct way in the eyes of the IRS. And so that's really what the four-part test is, and it really falls on us to make sure that that's done, done and done properly. So, Clay, what does an organization need to do to get started with an 831B? Um, I mean, we would actually typically talk with the client, their CPA, their advisors, et cetera, and ask them some questions about their business, kind of learn where their pain points are, learn what risks they they feel are um, you know, hampering them in their business or have been exposed, especially over the last few years. And let's find policies that might be able to, you know, ease that potential pain. And you know, a lot of the times we work with the client and their advisors and their CPAs to, you know, to work through what those questions might be. They can reach out to us at 831b.com. Um, they can always you know, send us me and my team emails as far as potential questions that they have. Um, is this a fit? Can we set up a Zoom to discuss it? Usually, we can identify a client, you know, in a relatively quick fashion, thirty to sixty minutes, and have ask some questions, get some answers, and be able to know if it's something that's worth pursuing for them. And once we've done that, usually we can get a client, you know 
started in the process and moving towards creating this inside of a month. Um, but there is some due diligence that's needed for, on our side just to, you know, to have those, those personal conversations and learn some information to f- see if they're a fit for our program and vice versa. Sounds good. Clay, if someone wanted to find out more about SRA, where can they go? <clears throat> yeah, we have our, our website is 831b.com, 831b.com. It is a very in-depth uh, place to go and find out more. Lots of information on there about 831Bs in general, our program specifically. It's a great place to, you know, for lots of training and articles and up-to-date information. Um, our team's done a really good job with that. And then they can always reach out to me on my email at clay at 831B.com. And, you know, me, me and my team are always always available and always excited to talk with new business owners and see if this is something that could potentially fit for them. Excellent. Well, Clay Ogden, thanks so much for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you very much. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.